my name is Farrah Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in, on this show I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Oh, Namrus, I'm exhausted. I barely slept at all last night. As some of you might remember, I have a jeepler that lives in my backyard. A jeepler, for those who don't know, is a creature that looks almost identical to a rock. In fact, when I first saw it, I thought it was a rock and brought it back to our tree. And despite letting it free once I realized what it was, it's stayed in our backyard ever since. I figured out that this jeebler likes honey and fry nuts, although I think it usually forages for itself at night since it's nocturnal. I've been trying to read as much as I can about them. It always moves so slow, but I read that they can be really fast when no one is perceiving them. I also read that since jeeblers get their energy from the moonlight, they'll grow in size during the annual double moon. Oh, hopefully everyone got to see the double moon last night. For those who don't know why that phenomenon happens, the double moon occurs when our closer moon, Phalox, slows down for one night a year, allowing us a view of our further moon, Sep. And it's so beautiful to see. There were a few double moon celebrations at the Towering Forest last night, but I was too busy dealing with the jeebler. I'll explain. So, like I said, I read that jeeblers grow in size during the annual double moon. The book didn't go into detail about how big a jeebler can get, but I was worried about our jeebler crushing any plants in my mom's garden. So I spent all afternoon luring our jeebler out of the backyard with a path of fry nuts. It took forever, because even when I looked away, it still moved so slowly. But thankfully, I had it out of the yard by nightfall. I started watching Sap emerge from behind Velox and was so distracted, I didn't even notice the jeebler growing until it was up to my shoulder. Thank Namorous I got it out of the backyard because it definitely would have crushed Mom's Whiston bushes. It kept growing until it was a little taller than me and twice my height sideways, and then stopped. Then it started to move. And I guess it was still moving at its usual pace, but because its size had increased by so much, it was covering ground a lot faster than usual. Now, I know there are jeeblers all around the towering forest and probably across Grevlon too, but they usually keep away from people, which is why my jeebler has always seemed a little weird. Anyway, what I'm saying is, usually we don't have to worry about giant jeeblers traveling through our communities. But as the jeebler started moving, I suddenly became very aware of how many breakable and knockoverable things were in the area. Granted, being something of a klutz myself, I'm often not very aware of those things, so it was a bit of a new experience for me. I ran back inside the tree to grab a bag of fry nuts and a jar of honey, and spent the rest of the night leading the jeebler safely down roads and into the forest. And then we kind of just hung out. It was actually kind of nice. But I didn't want to go to sleep in case the jeebler started heading back into the village while I slept. So we just stayed there until Sep disappeared behind Velox and the sun came up. The jeebler shrunk back down to its usual size, and I picked it up and carried it back to the garden. Then I went inside and got a solid one and a half hours of sleep before I had to leave for the radio station. And that's my tale. I also realized while I was telling that story that I never named the jeebler. I don't know why not. It's just the jeebler to me. Maybe it can be the jeebler with a capital T and a capital J, just to differentiate it from the other jeeblers. Yeah. TJ. Anyway, hope everyone had a nice double moon. Is that it for the show, Reuben? Am I done? Can I go to sleep? Yeah, I didn't think so. All right, let's read a letter. If you want to write into Dearless Fira, you can send your letters to Dearless Fira at the Towering Forest radio station. 
This letter is from Bruegel. Bruegel writes, Dear Lysphira, Love your show. Thanks for reading this if you do. Well, thank you, Bruegel. I am reading it. Thanks for sending it in. Uh, continuing. My nephew is an apprentice at a magic wheelwright shop. He said he needed to practice his craft, so I agreed to let him work on my wagon. At first, I thought he was just going to put new wheels on, but now every day there's something new. A week ago, he enchanted the wheels so spikes would come out of them whenever the cart rolled over ice. The next day, the wheels began rolling by themselves when my horse was struggling to pull us up a hill. And yesterday, I was heading toward a bridge to get me over the Iwern River when the wheels fell over, flat against the ground, and started spinning like propellers. Whoa. They lifted me and the cart over the river and onto the other side. I know I should be encouraging his work, but I'm an old halfling, and I can't take so many surprises. I just want my old cart back. How can I ask my nephew to stop working on my cart? Best, Bruegel. Boy, what I'd give for a cart like that. I'm temporarily banned from using the family cart because I accidentally almost drove it into the boggle pit thicket. Keyword, almost. But it would have been nice to have a cart with wheels that stopped in time, instead of my friend Raedra having to jump onto the horse's back at the last second and steer us away from the thicket. Again, no boggle pits were harmed. I have two weeks left on my ban. My feet hurt from walking everywhere. Anyway, I think the main issue here isn't necessarily that your nephew is enchanting the wheels on your cart, but that you don't know anything about the enchantments. It seems like the modifications have been very helpful to you, but it's understandable that you don't want to be surprised by them. Maybe try asking your nephew to keep you updated on the changes he's making so that you can be better prepared for them. You might even find yourself making some suggestions for modifications you'd like him to try out. You definitely shouldn't be afraid of change, especially if you find that change benefiting you. Try to embrace it in a way that makes you the most comfortable. Thanks for writing in. Okay, that letter woke me up a bit. I'm feeling good. Our next letter is from Ikra. Ikra writes, Dear Lysphira, my name is Ikra. I'm a warlock for the Abrit, a powerful creature of foresight and prophecy. The Abrit grants me the ability to use magic, and in return, I act as a vessel to deliver prophecies for the Abrit, which come randomly to me with very little warning. This happens maybe once or twice a week and has definitely caused a good number of embarrassing situations for me. It's very difficult to turn a date around after your eyes suddenly glow golden, a hazy blue fog pours out of your nose, and you deliver a six-line prophecy about your waiter's destiny. The waiter was pleased, though. The prophecy was very positive. Besides the occasional embarrassment, I've been very happy with my decision to become a warlock. But here's the issue. My sister is getting married next month, and I'm her maid of honor. I'm concerned that I might deliver a prophecy in the middle of the ceremony and completely derail the whole thing. And it'd be even worse if the prophecy was something bad about my sister or her fiancé. I've told my sister about my concerns, but she's insistent that I be a part of the wedding, even though I offered to just sit in the back so I can run off if I feel a prophecy coming without disrupting the ceremony. She's assured me that it will be fine, and she'd rather run the risk of a disruption than have me not be a part of it. Despite her assurances, I'm still nervous. I don't want to accidentally make the ceremony about me or put a damper on it by delivering a negative prophecy. Any ideas for how I can not stress so much about this? Thank you, Igra. Well, thank you for writing in, Igra. First off, it seems like you and your sister have a great relationship. It's wonderful that she wants you to be in the ceremony no matter what, but it's also very kind of you to be willing to sacrifice that to ensure that her wedding ceremony goes smoothly. That being said, if your sister says it's fine, it's fine. Full stop. And I think you know this. It seems like now all you can do is work to convince yourself emotionally that it's fine, despite knowing logically that it is. 
The only action I'd suggest is maybe try reaching out to your patron, the Abrit. See if they might give you the day off. You know, temporarily revoke your powers. You know your patron better than I do, though, so maybe that's a bad idea. Or not. Maybe try it. But if you don't try it, or if the Abrit rejects your request for a day off, I think your best bet is to just try not to think about it. Offer yourself up to help with wedding stuff to keep your mind off of it. Or tell yourself that if you do deliver a prophecy, it's likely to be a good one. I'm sure many couples would love a positive prophecy about their marriage delivered in the middle of their ceremony. It'd definitely make for a good story. And overall, remember that this is your sister's day, and she won't be able to have the best day possible if you're worrying yourself over something that might not be so bad, not to mention that it might not even happen. I hope you're able to have a fun day, because you deserve it for being such a great sibling to your sister. Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give more advice. If you need some advice, just tell your speaking plant to call Asphira at the Tariq Forest Radio Station. Oh, first, uh, a word from our sponsor. When you make a recipe, you have your list of ingredients. Throw some spices and coric root into a broth, and you've got yourself a lovely soup. When you cast a spell, you have your list of components. Grind up some gollywaddle bones with rainwater, add a drop of your own blood, and you've got yourself a sleep spell. But at Kelvo's Apothecary, we know that there is an ingredient that's integral to every recipe and every spell. One that many don't even think about. Air. Many of us need it to live, not to mention all its other uses that we take for granted every day. Sure, you don't think you need to add air to your spell. Air is all around us. But what happens when you try to brew a potion at the bottom of the sea, or attempt to make a sandwich in a cloud of poisonous gas? Only then will you realize how important air is to these everyday tasks. Which is why you need to get yourself to Kelvo's Apothecary and pick up some of our premium bottled air. Our bottled air is the cleanest air in all of Grevlon, purified through time-tested purification rituals and strained through the finest air strainers to make sure our customers are getting the highest quality air available. With Kelvo's Bottled Air, you'll never have to worry again about getting caught in a sticky situation without any air on you. Never worried about that before? Well, you should. So run, don't walk, to Kelvo's Apothecary to pick up your bottled air today. Bottled Air, the ingredient you don't know you need until you need it. Which you will. We promise. And we're back with Dearless Fira. And we have a caller on the vine. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Well, hey there. My name is Bodoramp. Some folks call me Bodoramp, the dwarven champ who'll best you with his iron clamp. But you can just call me Bo. Hi, Bo. My name is Lisphira Vinali Niesa Ilmadia Lindenbar. But you can call me Lisphira. Well, you might just give me a run for my money with that name, Lisphira. A pleasure to be talking with you. Same to you. Do you need some advice? Yeah, that I do. Have you heard of the Sundar Coliseum? Of course. It's the biggest entertainment combat venue in Grevlon. I don't really keep up with entertainment combat myself, but my best friend Raedra's a huge fan, especially of the Hand-to-Hand -hand Combat League. Well, say hey to your friend Raedra for me. I'm actually the current reigning Hand-to-Hand -hand Combat champ. That's incredible. Oh, wow, Raedra's gonna flip. Literally, she's very athletic. Well, what has you calling in, Bo? What can I help you with? I'm at a bit of a, a crossroads, you might say. Oh, do you need directions? I've got some maps here, I can- No, no, that's mighty kind of you. The crossroads to which I was referring is a metaphorical one. Oh, sure. Gotcha. You see, I've been the hand-to-hand -hand combat champ of the Sundar Coliseum for a couple years now, 
They'll have other smaller matches without me, but I'm always the grand champion who no one can beat. But recently, folks at the Coliseum have been talking about having me lose a match. Um, Bo, you know this is live, right? Are you allowed to be talking about this publicly? Oh, sure, it's fine. Everyone knows the fights are just a performance. The Coliseum's even been taking polls of audiences asking if they'd like to see me lose. For a while, fans were giving that a resounding no, but lately the number of yeses has been going up. And I guess folks are tired of seeing me win. Oh, I see. Plus, there are a bunch of newer, younger fighters gaining popularity. They're coming in with their flashy costumes and fancy tricks. Say, do audiences really want to watch someone in purple tights spin around so fast they form a whirling cloud of dirt around them? Cool, who does that? Oh, I mean, no. No one wants to see that. And don't get me wrong, I'm still in great shape. I can drop down from the first row of seats and pin my opponent by the neck just as easily as my first day in the arena. So, do you think you'll lose a fight? Well, that's why I'm calling. Since I know it's probably coming, I could just retire now before someone else can take my title as champion. There'll be a new champion after I leave, but at least I'll get to keep my record. But then you wouldn't be able to fight anymore. Who else is going to pin their opponents down by the neck? Yeah, these new kids don't need old school moves like that anymore. Now they're just throwing their opponents up into the air and doing backflips before they come hurtling back down. Do they do a backflip over the opponent's body once it hits the ground? Yep. And sometimes the person who gets thrown does a backflip in midair, too. Awesome. So, should I just quit? Take my dignity while I still have it and go? Well, hang on. Why do you think you'd lose your dignity if you stayed and lost a fight? No one likes to lose. It's embarrassing. You have to act all weak and get thrown around. The audience loses respect for you. Well, what if, like how all these new fighters are changing the way winners fight, you change the way losers fight? What do you mean? Well, instead of being a loser who gets thrown around, you could become a villain. A real antagonist for the hero of the match. You could give your opponent a run for their money. And just when it looks like all hope is lost, they defeat you, barely escaping with their life. Interesting. But then you'll be back for your revenge. Every match you lose makes your hatred for your opponents grow stronger. You design new ways to fight them, every time making the audience wonder if their hero will escape. And you'll still lose, in the end. But you won't be a boring old loser who gets thrown around. You'll be a worthy competitor, a fearsome antagonist, a villain the audience loves to hate. The audience would love me? Sure. I know a ton of books where readers like the antagonist even more than the protagonist. A lot of people like a character they feel like they can fix. And sometimes those characters even get spin-offs and redemption arcs. So maybe one day you could even be winning fights again. Is something to think about. You think, you really think people would still like me, even if I lose. Well, do your fans only cheer for you at the end of the fight, when you win? No, they'll cheer through the whole fight. Especially when I clamp someone to the ground, they always get a kick out of that. So why would they stop liking you just because your fights are ending a little differently? If you're still doing all the moves they like seeing from you, I don't think you have anything to worry about. In fact, you might even get some new fans if you become a villain. I like it. I do. I really like the idea. I'm going to bring it to the folks at the Coliseum and see what they say. Well, that's great. And let me know if you're ever in Sundar. You got two box seats to any of my matches whenever you want. Well, that's so nice. I will definitely take you up on that. Okay, now stop being nice. You got to start practicing being mean for your villain era. (laughs) 
Oh, I think I'll be able to turn it on just fine once I'm in the arena. But it was a pleasure talking with you, Lisfira. Thanks for your advice. Thanks for calling. And break a leg. Oh, I certainly will. Maybe a couple arms, too. You take care now. You too. Bye. Ooh, Rager's gonna freak. Actually, she's probably listening right now. She's made sure to listen to the show ever since I accidentally talked about her crush on air. I mean, ever since I accidentally read her fictional play out loud on the air. Oh, Namrus. Right? We're going to Sundar! Not for at least two weeks, though. We have to wait until my cart ban is lifted. All right, I think it's about time to wrap this up. Thank you all for listening to Dear Lysphera. Next up we have... Reuven, it just says fill time slot. Do you not have anything for the next time slot? All right. Next up will be something that Reuven is going to figure out himself because I am out of here. I'll talk to you all again real soon. But no, Reuven, I can't vamp. I can feel myself crashing again. I need to go take a nap. Just stick a microphone out the window and get wind sounds or something. That's the kind of stuff this station usually broadcasts anyway. Oh, don't give me that look. It can't be that hard. Just rub some sticks together for a half hour. Okay, he's off to find some sticks, I guess. Where was I? Um, oh, I'll talk to you all again real soon. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and don't be afraid to be a villain sometimes. But, um, only if you're not actually hurting anyone. Yeah, that's an okay message. Okay, nap time. Bye! Thank you for listening to Dear Lysphera, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Lysphera was voiced by Katie Siegel. Bodoramp was voiced by Oren Merhoff. The sponsor was voiced by Katie Siegel, and I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do, Katie will throw you into the air, do a backflip, and then catch you gently in her arms. We have Dearless Fear merch. Check it out at teespring.com slash store slash katieflyswoy. For more Dearless Fear, check out at Dearless Fear on TikTok. You can also follow at Dearless Fear on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye! I am happy. Oh, so happy.